Um, you know, like Slayer's Rain and Blood. Didn't we already rip on that album earlier? I will rip on that album every opportunity I get. But there's a couple tracks on there worth throwing into a live set. Yeah, the first song and the last two songs and like, you know, you can throw in any any song from the middle because the entire middle of that album is the same song. I don't really know the album in its entirety. I know I have listened to it in its entirety, but like I couldn't tell you what the first song is or what the last song is or whatever. Well, well Angel of Death is a fucking ripper. Okay, where, where is that in the in That's the, the opening. List? Okay, because that is, I'll just say, I, I didn't realize that was even on that album. That is a, that is a great that's, song. That's a great song. For all intents and purposes, that is a phenomenal song. Postmortem, I think, is a lot of fun. <laughs> that's the second to last track. And then I the don't last, remember that one off the top of my head. But and I, then the last track is Raining Blood. Which is, I think that's one of the songs that I love in a live context just because of what it does to the audience. If you don't lose your shit when you hear that, yeah, exactly. It's it's so iconic. Um, I don't think it's the song I would have picked to be as iconic as it is, but it is the one that's iconic. Yeah. So you suck it up, and being, I mean, we've having seen Slayer live, um, obviously, like when some of their songs like that start, just the energy from the audience really makes it worth it. Even if you don't care for the song, it's just so cool being there. The entire middle of that album is how fast can Carrie King play a riff. Which, yeah, which, I mean, that's kind of in my mind how most of their stuff is regardless, but I think that album, correct me if I'm wrong, that album is kind of like the cliche. That album is the cliche. I mean, here's the thing. I think, I think Show No Mercy is a great album. That one's, that one's their first one. That's, it's, I would say that's a phenomenal album, yeah. but that's also kind of in its own little world, yeah. too, I think. But then they, then they took that, that they took the, the Slayer sound that you're used to on, on their their first EP, second release, but it was before their second album, Haunting the Chapel, which I still think is a great album. Uh, Hella Waits is a great album. And then comes Raining Blood, which is... Which is Raining Blood. Which is... Eh. Um, it, it's an eh album that everyone greatly overpraises, and it and, and it's it irritates me because of like their first like six. I think it's their worst. And then comes the, the, the double hitter of... Uh, the second one, Seasons in the Abyss. The first one is South of Heaven. And those two albums are just great. And then they, I gotcha. And then they did their punk cover album and everything got weird. Oh, okay. Like, if you really want to hear, like, Slayer do some minor threat covers, and uh, I think they did a version of I Want to Be Your Dog. I don't think I knew this existed. Yeah. Um, I, und- I might want this. Undisputed Attitude. Oh, okay. I might, I might want this. I think I might need them doing a cover if I want to be your dog. Just saying. I think that's on there. I'm about to be real sad if it's not. Oh, they changed it to "I want to be your god," but it's a cover of "I want to be your dog." All right, they just ruined it. Um, they well, they also they also uh, pissed off Minor Threat by adding a little bit to "Guilty of Being White." Seriously, they made the last line "Guilty of Being Right." Oh, I am aware they did that. Yeah. Never mind. You're right. I, I remember. I remember that being a thing. Yeah. They did some DRI covers. It's it was fine, but it's 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 a turning point in their discography where I'm like, after this, their next no, actually no, this was after their last decent album, and then they started the next album has the Slayer rap on it. No one can tell me Slayer doesn't rap on that song.
I want nothing to do with whatever this is. I feel like you've actually made me listen to it before, and I, I don't. Remember that time Deep Purple rapped? Me too. Yeah. If you don't remember that time, you're you're better off. I'm, I think I'm better off. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm going to judge the officials. I'm going to judge all the judges. It's going to take you people years to recover from all my opinions. I would hate for, like, my voice to start shitting out halfway through or something. Well, I mean, if you ever feel like you're not going to be able to keep talking, like, we'll we'll cut it there. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I figured I would just... I have a few um, short topics that I thought I might kick out there. Yeah, I'll say you. I have. I have no idea what we're talking about tonight. Neither do I. We're all winging this, but I have a few ideas in my head. Oh, this is gonna go great. This is gonna go swimmingly. Uh, you know, there is worse out there. We could be in a pizza shop, um, just chewing. Oh, okay. Oh my god, I forgot all about the pizza shop podcast. Wow. But yeah, you know, here I am. Like I have done an obscene amount of research for an upcoming thing we're doing. Uh, and here we are now. I don't even know what our topic is. So, Chris, what the hell are we doing? Um, Jeff. Chris. Uh, yesterday you sent me a message about the fucking hot topic in my feed that won't go away. I sent you a message yesterday. Uh, what? What did I send you yesterday? Do I need to, like, look at my messages? What did I say to you yesterday? Yeah, you sent me a meme. Oh, kind of. Like a like a quote meme about the new Metallica song. Oh, I sent you the... That's right. I sent you the th- the guy... Yeah, the new Metallica single is. Like, that's the full person's review. It is. Uh, how did you feel about it? Did you hear it? I I listened to it, but in all fairness, I did only listen to it, like, off of my phone. So I have not given it, like, the real try. Because, quite frankly, I, I don't have high expectations or hopes. I am assuming it's going to be kind of run-of-the-mill for Metallica these days. That's fine. I wanted to ask you, though, because you have a strong, bold opinion. I have a very strong, bold opinion. My strong, bold opinion is that Hardwired to Self-Destruct is the best Metallica album. I'm I'm genuinely curious as to, is it, like, the songwriting? Is it the production? I know you hate the... The sound and early production of the I hate, production of early Metallica. I hate almost everything about early Metallica. I hate James's voice. I hate the sound production. I hate the fact that it was there was too much of the like veering towards riff salad. It wasn't dream theater levels, obviously, but like it was heading in that direction. I can see where it's coming from. Okay. Um, it's not pure like prog garbage but like I, I you know the roots were being laid um i mean a big thing is i cannot stand james's voice right i cannot stand it it is absolutely unlistenable to me um so even when i'm listening to anything off of metallica's first four albums i'm listening to a later probably live recording of it where would you put the songwriting in compar- comparison to those first four though because that's what most people most people would probably agree that the uh, production isn't the best, even though most people seem to prefer the old James voice. Um, that's just because they're wrong. That's because that's because you all have this stupid idea that like a child screaming is is good vocals. What about the songwriting? Like, do you really like the songwriting on Hardwired too? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think so. Okay, hardwired. I'm literally going to compare it to Chinese democracy. When it's good, it's the best thing they've ever done. When it's not, it is hilariously forgettable. That's fair enough. Okay. Because uh, I thought maybe you'd have a, what was it? What did I say? Uh, I, I think I said uh, on uh, in terms of, in regards to the new Metallica is, uh, it was posted by Unpopular Guitar Pinions. Yeah, it's a Facebook like shit posting groups. Unpopular Guitar Pinions. I didn't know if maybe you had some Unpopular Guitar Pinions on the song because maybe uh, you, you actually liking Hardwired a, you know, fairly... Matt album to most people, uh, maybe you'd have some interesting opinions on it. I honestly think most people's meh response to Hardwired is just because it's being rated by fanboys who think that music stopped in 1990 um, when Metallica released their other, like, actual listenable album entirely, you know, the Black Album. Because, okay, so like here, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Master of Puppets, right? There's, there, there are... Um, is is it really only eight tracks long? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, there's um, there's three songs on here that I will listen to. Which three? Title track, I'm assuming. Master of Puppets is like is a is a good song. Like I will not say it. I will not say otherwise. I like Battery. Yeah, and I like Welcome Home. Okay. That that's it. We got three on. We're doing less than fifty percent here, Metallica. We're not. Not riding high. Not a disposable heroes guy. I couldn't even tell you how it goes off the top of my head. That is how completely unmemorable I think their early music is. Oh, you poor son of a bitch. And I'm looking at Ride the Lightning, and there is not a single song on here I actually would ever, like, put on. Really? Really. There, like, I have not, I have never in my life done a search for any of these songs, aside from maybe to go, like, wait, what was that song called? Like... Fade to Black is not a bad song, but it's also a song that's been covered by everyone and their mother, and I think some of the covers are better than the original. Otherwise, uh, for whom the bell tolls, I'm not gonna, like, skip over it, I guess, if it's, like, on a playlist. But again, I don't think I've ever searched out this song. Like, you know what I want to listen to right now. Man, not a creeping death guy either. Anyway, I know that you're like, I knew that you like weren't a Metallica guy. I was just interested because you you actually have the opinion that their recent album is the best. Yeah, I genuinely... It's a fun opinion. I think, I genuinely think Metallica has, for the most part, aged up. They have aged well. Obviously, there are some, you know, no progress is purely linear. They have, um, they have made some, some dives down over their career. But as a general rule, I think they started pretty low and have just consistently moved up. Okay. Yeah. Which, yes, is a hugely unpopular opinion. But a huge factor of that is um, the recording, the production quality isn't just complete and utter trash. Uh, James's voice has gotten so much better. And there's just something about angry old man yelling that I'm really into. I do, I do think that um, James's voice is actually good right now, which is an unpopular opinion. I actually like James's voice right now, but I also think it's it's kind of interesting that you um, you, you hate bad voice, uh, low production Metallica, but you were like a punk guy. Yeah, I have different expectations for different things. So, and I think this comes down to I know I, I kind of use this phrase where like I'm expecting. 
I'm expect like I expect perfection. I'm expecting the worth of somebody, right? When I'm listening to a lot of these punk bands, I am well aware they weren't capable of anything else. There wasn't more in there to come out. No amounting or no amount of of better production was going to bring out raw talent where it didn't exist. Whereas like obviously the guys in Metallica are all genuinely extraordinarily talented. Give Lars whatever shit you want to. Um, I don't have super strong opinions on him either way, but like he's doing something right. Obviously, I'm not a big drummer guy, but from what I understand, his work on like the first couple albums is actually like really good, and it's just like laziness, the uh, setting and starting around. Yeah, kind of what I've gathered is that once upon a time he was. At, at least creative. Maybe he was never, like, a flawless drummer, but he was at least creative. Um, it's kind of like the whole Ringo Starr thing. Like, people say Ringo was the least talented member of the Beatles, and there's even that one, there's even that one quote of just, like, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And then I think it's John that says Ringo isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles, right? Actually, I, I don't know if they remade that meme with with James because there is like the still image of someone interviewing James and they say is is he the is Lars the best drummer in Metallica or in the world um I'm assuming that's just like quoting it but I might even agree with it because I've seen the James and Lars drum offs oh I don't know if that I knew that was a thing actually not super well that was a thing they used to do in the 80s because I believe before James sang and played guitar he started as like a drummer he had like a drum kit at one point Interesting. Another another drummer turned singer. I feel like there's a lot of those. Wasn't Lane Staley one of those? Um, I believe so. I know Sully from Godspeed. Yeah, I know was. Sully was, and I believe um, Joey Ramone was a drummer originally as well, and then he ended up in the front too, which is always funny to see, going from the back of the band to the front of the band. I don't know if you've also ever seen it, but um, a lot of times during like the encore, all of the members of Metallica will switch instruments. I think I've seen some of this. Hold on, I need to find... Is this... No, what I'm picturing is... um, Don't they do a thing where maybe Rob and Kirk just, like, learn a song on stage? Is that a thing? That is a different thing. Okay, that's what I was picturing. Everyone gets pissed off because they're like, oh, Metallica ruined this song. It's like they learned it in and it's like they were just screw They were screwing around because it's fun. Like get over it. Okay, so no, I I don't think I'm I'm super aware of this whole um them switching instruments thing. Is there? I'm assuming there's video of this. I'm trying to find one that wasn't recorded in a potato in 1986. Oh, good luck. Okay. Okay, so we have James on drums, Kirk on bass, Jason on guitar, and Lars singing. All right. Okay, so first off, let's be real here. Kirk and Jason switching instruments isn't really driving. Like that's not really uh going so far above and beyond here yeah especially since they're playing like a fairly simple song Okay, Lars could have done black metal. I was gonna say, do you want do you want Lars vocals on the next Metallica album? Lars could have done black metal. Like he has that like 
really kind of shrill, whiny scream thing going on. I'm kind of into yeah. it, actually. I, I dig this. I love him trying to be Bruce Dickinson, though, running around the stage. I mean, he actually has a pretty good stage presence here. This is kind of fun to watch. Okay, that being said, can I just make another weird observation? And I think this all the time whenever I watch, like, live concert footage. These dudes are all tiny. <laughs> like, why are rock stars all, like, five foot four, 130 pounds? Like, what? If you get tall, the talent has to spread too far throughout the body. Yeah, it's like there are there are so few, like, rock stars who are, like, oh, yeah, like, average-built big dude. Like, no, they're all like these. I mean, I have no clue how tall any of these guys are. I imagine none of them are, like, incredibly tall, though. And they're all, like, super skinny. It's so funny. Okay, I had no idea that this was actually a thing they did so consistently. This is fun. I like this. They used to do that a lot in the 80s and, like, up until Black Album. Man, you know what feels great is throwing up about a pound and a half of phlegm. Jeff. I accidentally opened Steam. Hold on, it's about to crash my computer. Well, speaking of Steam, Jeff, that's a great transition. You fucking nailed it. You by, know by that I... Okay. What? No, you did it. You know that I'm a, I'm a video game boy sometimes. You know that yeah, I, you play like the video to... game boys. I play the game boys sometimes. Man, just gave me um, his old Retroid. Okay. And uh, it's, like, cool. Have you ever seen one? It's, like, a little handheld uh, ROM thing, ROM device. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, it went fairly se seamlessly into a bunch of N64 games, but unfortunately, um, Beetle Adventure Racing does not run smoothly. Because, as you know, it pushes the limits. I'm the very N64. sad that your Beetle Adventure Racing game will not work uh, on an emulating machine. But, like, actually, yeah, Beetle Adventure Racing, for as dumb as that game is... Um, is actually, like, technically kind of impressive in a lot of ways. So I can see it not running well. Yeah, it, uh, it just has some, uh, well, it actually, it ran the first race well, and then the, um, the screen where you, like, put in your initials came up, and it just, uh, became a glitchy mess. Oh, jeez, well, that's weird, actually, okay. Speaking of glitchy messes, um, I'm playing Pokemon, um... Oh, one of the new ones? Yeah, real talk, I'm playing Scarlet, and... Mo so you've probably seen clips of like how like stupid it looks. Yeah, it has some. Um, it's not technically amazing. It's not technically amazing, but most of the stuff is visual. I'll say that. Um, but there's one. Uh, there's one like. Well, there's actually they just found another exploit where you can like copy items. But like, you know. Oh, nice! Those were the good old days. I was gonna say that's that's just like a throwback to the good old days because that I saw um a meme today and it was old friend our old friend the astronaut meme. Where it's like, uh, it's it's all glitches, always was. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, like, honestly, let's be real here. Um, a Pokemon game being kind of a glitchy mess, like, that's just par for the course. That's most of them. I don't know why people get so angry and so surprised every time. But there's there's another one that's very fun. I'll say this, the open world functions very, very well, for the most part. Aside for, again, aside from, like, visual issues. But there's, they found an exploit where most of the map you can, like, you can go to early on. It doesn't re restrain you a whole lot. But you can actually um, do a thing where you target other Pokemon and, like, throw your Pokeball at them to battle them. 
And when you do that, it snaps you to the location of the other Pokemon, and you can fucking use it to exploit getting across, like, cliffs and rivers and up on ledges that they don't want you to get to early on. Like a short-range teleport kind of thing. Basically, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. But before I was playing Pokemon Glitch and Pokemon Bug, um, I started... (laughs) Well done. I started... Did you ever... Did I ever tell you what I call um, X and Y? No. I, I, like I just started. I just started a rant on on in on the way to work with your brother the one day, and I referred to them as Pokemon Diaper and Pokemon Binky. Oh, they were not that bad. I liked X and Y. I liked them, but they're very easy. That's all. Oh, okay. They were they were easy. When I'm hearing Diaper and Binky, I'm thinking of like the ridiculous hand holdingness of Sword and Shield. Oh no! I yeah, couldn't no. even finish those. X was the last Pokemon game I finished. If you don't want hand holding, the new game is very good at that. When you get to the story, it sucks, but you can just kind of, like, push on through in 20 minutes. I am seeing how much I actually, like, or I, I'm enjoying how much I'm seeing people like the new games. Yeah. A lot of comments when they're not being whiny babies complaining about how we deserve better and how Game Freak sucks and whatever. The comments are all really positive. The only... Okay, so my my biggest issue is... So people say, like, they needed a game for the holiday season, right? You know, that's, like, the kind of the excuse, right? Um, I mean, but, that's the excuse. Let's face it. The Pokemon company doesn't need to do anything, but... But yeah. imagine a world where they just... They put out Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl in, as 2021 holiday release. And instead of, you know, rushing out... Uh, Legends Arceus in, you know, April or May or whatever. They held that, put, like, six more months of work into that, released that in December, and then put another year into Scarlet and Violet and put that out next year for holiday. But anyway... I mean, yeah, but that's just not how Game Freak operates. That's, so. I know. The, 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 I understand. That wasn't even the point of this rant. Yeah, I I'll say, get to your point. To... What, what, what are we doing? So anyways, before I was playing Pokemon... I I was playing another uh, Japanese um, JRPG. Have you ever heard of Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne? I know the name. I don't think I've ever played it though. Okay, no, that's fine. But I know I know how you. Um, we were talking a couple weeks ago about like the Yanni and Laurel thing, and like the I think we we brought up the the, the dress color thing. Oh, the things that like different people experience differently, like that yeah. sort of. Yeah, okay. I know you enjoy that kind of thing, and I think I might have found um, the Yanni and Laurel JRPGs. Oh, okay. Please explain. So the music in this game, the all of the vocals were done through a voice to text. Oh no! And they're kind of drowned out in the background, and no one in the fan base can agree on what the lyrics are to these songs, and um, oh, there's no, no official lyric sheet. <laughs> There's no official lyrics. In fact, they didn't even oh they didn't God. even have an agreed like song name until they dug up data files. There was like a disagreement on if the song was called Forced Battle or Fierce Battle until they dug up data files. Are you groaning because you're excited or because you hate this? Uh, sounds ridiculous. All right, <laughs> send it along. I'm assuming that's what we're doing here. Apparently, I, I'm yeah. playing. I'm I'm playing transcript. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you. Let me get a timestamp here. Because the whole song, no one can agree on. But I'll send you the big point of contention, and I'll send you the two different lyrics oh that they God. have for it. Okay, don't tell me any of the lyrics first. I want to get it. I want to go into this blind okay. first. Oh my God, I'm excited. This is ridiculous. 
You know, I've heard so much about the uh, the Shin Higame Tensei. Is that right? Shin Higame yeah. Tensei? I've yeah. heard so much of this series, and I've never heard anyone talk about this lyric debacle. This is awesome. Okay, so the part that you are that you, that I'm going to focus in on is at about 37, like the the quote chorus starts. Okay, go into a round. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to like 30, 30-ish and let it go and see what happens. Actually, I was going to let this play. This is already cool. It's a cool song. I like the soundtrack. Okay, what? What the fuck am I hearing? Okay, okay so is it going War Broke Out in Heaven or One More God Rejected? Um, where is it saying this? When they're di- okay, so it's like bum 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 bum, and then it does like two other. Yeah, I there is not a single discernible word in this. I have no clue how anyone's getting <laughs> anything out of it. Well, there are lyrics; they're just voice to text. They exist somewhere. Someone knows what they said. Do you want me to? Do you want me to send you a little, and you can play read along with like the start of the lyrics? Sure. Because I'm not hearing a single word here. Like, it's obviously a voice, but it is a voice from someone shouting into a megaphone underwater That's 600 yards like. away. But I also kind of think it's a cool effect. Oh, it sounds awesome, but, like, I would have just assumed it was in Japanese. Okay. Because, like, yeah, I, I'm not catching a single word. That's actually, like, one of the major things is this was written in English specifically because the Japanese writer didn't want people in Japanese to understand the words. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we sure it's actually in English, or did he just, like, use English-sounding things? The, he used he used actual things, and the, these... I'm gonna send you both. You can you can have fun for a second, and then I'll give you um I'll give you the the next bit of information that will probably clear clarify things. Okay, and this is all of the lyrics, right? That you're sending me here. This is like from the this beginning is like of it? the this is like from the beginning to the end of the first verse. There's a little okay. bit more. Okay, but you, you'll you'll be able to start from you know the beginning here. All right, here we go. Okay, if I had to pick between these two sets of lyrics, okay, I am definitely hearing the second set more. Um, I am not hearing anyone saying I am the or I'm the bug inside you. No, no, no. I, if anything, I'm hearing I am the Lord so, and Savior. So, so here's here's my theory on I am the bug inside you. I, obviously, you haven't played it, but in the beginning, I was say I'm assuming um, that might be like plot relevant. In the beginning, they put a. A character puts like a parasite thing inside of you. 
And so that I think that's where people came up with that, right? Okay, that's I get that. Which which someone interestingly refuted by saying like it, even if you consider that like in Japanese to English translation they would never say bug as a parasite. They wouldn't know that's almost like a slang in America. They would never like they would never think of that. You know what I mean? I Really? Are we sure? I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, because, Someone brought okay, that up. And okay, that's... because um, Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, right? Yeah. You know, you have – everyone kind of pokes fun at – in the one town, you go into a house and you talk to a guy, and all he says is, I am error. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's funny because they messed up. But, like, no, he was right. There's another character who says, I am Bagu. Yeah. And it was supposed to be translated to, I am Bug. As in yeah. a computer bug. They were supposed to be bug and error. Also so also I, interesting, but I just, I, okay. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I, like, I'm saying using, I don't, I don't using, know. using bug in a slang term, meaning that thing, like, I don't know. I can, I, I don't, I don't know if I buy, I don't know if I buy that the Japanese just wouldn't use the word bug to mean parasite. If they right. would use it to mean, like, a computer glitch. Yeah. Like, why but, Why not? But more importantly, someone um, apparently dug up an interview where the guy who, who made it said that he wrote, like, he like the lyrics are basically copy and pasted from the Book of Revelation. So it's far more likely to be the second one. Strike with all plagues and, and what have Yeah, you. I was going to say, I mean, these are this is literally just like Bible quotes by this point. Yes. I mean, I don't recall the line, I have your back to the wall in, in Revelation, but... Neither do I, regardless, but again, it's, it's like, like I said, probably closer to that one. Again, there's no official lyrics out there. Okay. But, uh, but the big point of... Uh, but the big point came up when, for years, people just assumed that this line was one more God rejected, and then finally someone was like, it's go it's probably war broke out in heaven because of this thing he said in an interview, right? Oh my gosh, there's... And like... Hold on, I'm trying to think of how to how to how to how to explain this. No one has like taken this audio and edited it down to try and isolate the vocal. Oh, line. there's like, isolated that's vocal tracks. There's isolated vocal tracks out there, I believe. I think that they're just still so, uh, you know, sounding like a um, how did you put it? A megaphone underwater. It sounds like a guy screaming into a megaphone underwater, hundreds of yards away. Right. Exactly. Oh, here, actually, I found just the vocals. Give me a second here. I'm curious. Oh, this is a lot easier to understand. Like, there's, um... Yeah. If you, like, very hard pan left, there is a voice that is much less edited here, and it's a deeper voice. I think he. I think someone said he did backing vocals behind the, uh, the the voice to text. Like he backed it up with his like own voice in the studio. Okay, so here's the problem. What I'm hearing, I'm hearing the word inside you definitely over savior, but it sure doesn't sound like I'm the bug inside you. This is interesting though. I this is a rabbit hole that I feel like I could waste a lot of time on. This is what well, I was interested because this is one of the cases where. Not on all of the lines, but on that one particular line. Uh, I, you can I hear can, whichever can hear one you're the, reading. I can hear the Yanny and the Laurel on this yeah. one. It's like, um, have you seen the, uh, there's like a chanting going on. 
and it has, you know, which do you hear? Bart Simpson bouncing, rotating pirate ship. This isn't my receipt. Lobsters in motion. Do you know this bit? Oh my god. So uh, give this a listen, and it's going to be a perfect example of that. Every time it repeats, you're going to be able to hear, like, every individual line. And it's hysterical. Okay, I can't really hear rotating pirate ship on some. No, that one's a little hard for some of them. It's obviously not it. I mean, I yeah. think the actual what they're actually saying is that is embarrassing. I believe it's a um, like a soccer chant. But still, I like being able to listen to this, and I I, I can hear Bart Simpson bouncing. And I do it too. just makes me laugh. It's like how we have you fucked up in wrestling. Wait, what? Uh, in wrestling, if someone fucks up, they they chant "You fucked up, you fucked up." Oh, that's adorably pathetic, isn't it? This is at least like a little song that a bunch of drunk people can sing together. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I it, they should turn it into a song. That'd be better. I mean, we could talk about what we've been listening to. Jesus Christ, what the fuck have I been listening to? Christopher, what have you been listening to lately? It was Tom Waits on the way to work this morning. Old 55. You did not listen to one song for your hour-long commute to work. <laughs> I put it on really slow, like that Alvin and the Chipmunks Oh my song. god, like Alvin and the Chip... Wait, what is it? Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> and Satan? Is that what yeah. it's called? <laughs> god, that is so good. Um, uh, no, I, I, I actually I actually did listen to Closing Time uh, on the way to work today, and that was fun. Spotify, uh, year year in reviews are in. We can look at what we've been listening to all year. It's called Spotify Wrapped. Yes, Spotify Wrapped. Yes, Spotify Wrapped. And yes, it did release um here the day that we the day that we are recording Spotify Wrapped released, and it's like basically Christmas for me. It is one of my favorite things in the world, and I love it so much. You you extremely love Spotify wrapped and I don't care for it, but Oh, I love it. I just think it's so fun and I love looking at like what people listen to and I love I seeing how much seeing people listen to. Oh, I'm I'm so into it. I love it so much. Every year, um I just kinda look at mine and I and I just go like, Really? Dad how the hell do I listen to mostly rock and metal but my top is always like Leonard Cohen or Warren Zevon? Okay, because you listen because to a I, lot I, more I, artists, obviously, that fall under rock and metal. And even though you only listen to each individual song three or four times, and then, like, Leonard Cohen, you're listening to, I don't want to say, like, the same songs, but, like, you're listening to just him as a single artist in a genre, you know? I, I obviously know that that's the answer, but I feel like I, at one point in the year, put, made a an actual effort to put uh, Ocean Man into my top five this year. And yet Leland street was my number one. And I like, remember listening to it three times. I would Spotify is incredible. I am assuming a lot of what happens and this isn't just you. This is a lot of people like you put on a playlist and fall asleep to it or God forbid you search up a song. And then, you know, if you, if you tell Spotify to only play a song, it's just going to keep repeating that one song. So, Does, you, congratulations. Mine, 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 like, auto-selects songs to, like, 
by similar artists. No, no. Not if you go to an artist page. If you just open up the search and type in a song, like if I type in, um, I don't, I don't, I don't don't know. Here, I'm staring at, uh, the song Still Alive by Jonathan Colton, right? Okay. If I click on just this song, and if you leave your thing set to repeat, which a lot of people do... It mm-hmm. will just continue to repeat this one song. Okay. Okay, because you have it set to repeat. Yeah, well, because many people, I mean, I know you, like, I'm surely you use repeat often. Most people seem to. I do, like, repeat album, but I tend to actually, I, I think I, it might be a setting, but yeah, it, normally it selects something different well, after, like, I, a, I like know, a like, related song. If you don't have anything on repeat, so, like, if I go to Jonathan Colton's page here, right, and I click, you yeah. know, his number one song is Code Monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let it play through all of these. It will eventually start playing um, non-Jonathan Colton songs, just yeah. things, because it basically creates, like, the artist radio station. Yeah. Um, I never do this. This is a thing that I never let it do. Yeah. So I don't get the random bits. But I do absolutely, like, forget that I have Spotify playing, and I just let the same song play for a while, which is why... Um, my number one song this year is our buddy one of his projects where he surely was high out of his mind while recording, and it's literally just him saying over and over and over again, give me some pumpkin pie, I'm tired of mashed potatoes. And that's the whole song, and it's my number one song of the year. How do I get this? Uh, it's under a project of his called The Down Above, and the song is called Pumpkin Pie. It's actually a really fun song but like yeah it's pretty much just that give me some pumpkin pie jonathan colton still alive ends it goes to re your brains and then brave 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 by da vinci's notebook review spotify how do you feel weird you need to use repeat more i don't know, I don't know what your problem is i guess so that's probably true I kind of like the adventure, though. Sometimes the next song ends up being kind of good. See, if I want an adventure, I will, like, intentionally let it go on an adventure. Okay. Well, hey. Different strokes. Uh, Speaking of which, I don't think Strokin' made it into my my top songs playlist this year. It was last year. That's a real shame. That's that's a real shame, man. It was. It, it, I mean, it is a real shame because it, it's a it's it, it's a song worth being in in your top songs of a year. Give me some pumpkin pie. I'm tired of mashed potatoes. Give me some pumpkin pie. I'm tired of mashed potatoes. Give me some pumpkin pie. I'm tired of mashed potatoes. At some point, we discussed our uh, annoyance towards complete album shows, but is there a complete album show that you'd actually like to see? Like when a band comes through and plays like an entire album? Um, I think some... I think there are some, like, rock opera albums that I think would be cool to see in their entirety just for the sake of, like, having seen them. I know um, Bobby and my dad have seen Roger Waters do The Wall a couple times now. And, like, they just, yeah. they say it's just, like, a, such a phenomenal show. 
Um, which I think would be I, cool. I was going to say, I know the wall and dark side are like classics uh, in yeah. terms of like doing a complete I, show. I, I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, the thing is I don't listen to the wall in its entirety. So I, I'm assuming it would still be a really cool spectacle because it's also like, it's the like production, yeah, it's and the production yeah. and the performance and whatever. Um, or like Tommy's the who, another way around the who's Tommy. Jesus. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool to see in its entirety, even though, again, I don't actually listen to the whole album. There's just, like, songs off of it I enjoy, but it would be cool to see, I guess, just for the sake of seeing it. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I guess there's albums that just, like, the whole album, I think, is really good. You know, like, um, Permission to to Land by the Darkness comes to mind. I would see that album in its entirety, just because every song on it's a good song. It's also okay. not a super crazy long album or anything. Because you kind of got my. I mean, the, I think the walls like a, like an obvious choice for that kind of thing. And there's a couple of like you said, I wouldn't mind. Um, I was I was just wondering if if there was because it it does seem like such an annoying thing. But sometimes like bands will do it with like well, it's the worst when they do it with new albums. Like here, they're going to play the new album in the entirety. Yeah, I, I I don't want to hear the album of yours in its entirety that hasn't even released yet, okay? Anyone who yeah. thinks that's a good idea is wrong, and I can't believe there are artists out there who actually do this. It drives me absolutely crazy. But a lot of times, you know, they'll do the anniversary tour of, like, a classic album, and that's a, that's kind of fun sometimes. I, I, it's kind of fun sometimes, but a lot of these classic albums still had filler tracks on them. Like, I'm pretty sure Def Leppard did it for Hysteria. And, like, yeah, that's you know, one of their classic albums. But, like, I don't want to hear the whole damn thing live. It's not all worth performing. I'm sorry. Um, I've seen Dr. Feelgood in, in its entirety. And, like, yeah, there there's an album that's not worth performing live in its entirety. It has a few really great songs. It's one of their classics. But most of it's filler. It's not worth performing. Not that they could perform it anyway. But still. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess there are some albums that I think would be cool to see live in their entirety, but it just comes down to the fact that it's just a good album. Like, I would have seen Black Sabbath perform their first album in its entirety. Oh, hell yeah. Any of the first three. I'll say, honestly, any of the first few. Like, you could do any of these songs, and I'm going to be happy. I don't care if you play them in order or whatever. I don't need a production. They're just all good songs. I'm gonna get really mad during like the like the the thirty second interlude tracks on Paranoid, or is it on um Master? Of Reality? I get the feeling that those wouldn't happen in a live setting. <laughs> Just yeah, I'm wow. I'm like really trying to think. I'm really trying to think if there's albums that I would see in their entirety. Like if I saw Elton John, I think seeing Elton John's self-titled album in its entirety would be good. There's, there's, a, that's just a whole album is really good. I know I would have, I would have certainly enjoyed seeing um, Dio do Holy Diver in its entirety, but I'm not sure if you're a big enough Dio fan. I don't for that one. think I even know all the songs on Holy Diver. I own it, but like, do I know yeah. them all? Absolutely not. But that being said, if I saw Dio, I would be going in knowing that I wasn't going to know all the songs. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that would have yeah. been very different. Whereas, like, when I saw Motley Crue, I know and enjoy. You're sitting there, th- I you're, know you're and sitting enjoy. there thinking of the songs they're not playing. Yeah, I know and enjoy enough Motley Crue songs that I knew there were songs they could have done that they weren't going to do because they wasted too much time doing Dr. Feelgood. Jeff, what's the worst song on Dr. Feelgood? Oh my god, the worst? 
Yeah. That's what keeps this podcast going is my non sequiturs. I wanted to pull up a track list so I don't actually like give you poor information here. Um, because so you see the real answer is if it's not Doctor Feel Good, Kickstart My Heart, or I don't know, Time for a Change is a good song. Um, I would same old situation is a good song too. I would say the worst song on here is either Slice of Your Pie or Rattlesnake Shake. Or Sticky Sweet, or She Goes Down, or Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. Any of those would qualify as the worst song on the album, Dr. Feelgood. So then, so then we agree it's half of the album. Yeah, that's Dr. what I mean. Feelgood. Like, half the album I just don't think is worth listening to. It's not... I realize it's a classic, but I think it's a classic because it had some of their biggest hits, not because all of it's good. That's not what makes... Like, Let's face it, good albums are frequently made by a handful of singles. Yeah. And this has a handful of singles that are great songs. I mean, if nothing else, Dr. Feelgood and Kickstart My, Kickstart My Heart were huge songs, and they were both great songs. Everything else is below them, and some of it's way below them, because some of it's just straight up not good. Is this where we get um, Generation Swine as their Chinese democracy? No. No, they don't have a Chinese democracy. For a band to have a Chinese democracy, that means they released an album later in their career that is disliked by most fans, even though it's their best work. Um, okay. Motley Crue peaked when they were at their most not bad. <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. <laughs> at their most Motley Crue bad. peaked in 1989. Oddly enough, with Dr. Feelgood, I would say. <laughs> they peaked with an album that you hate. They peaked with an album that has half a good song, or half the songs are good. They peaked with Livewire. I mean, okay, so like if I'm really going to be that guy, um, I think Saints of Los Angeles is a lot better than some people give it credit for. Okay. I think Saints of Los Angeles is actually a really, a really solid album. It's not incredible i would say it has let's see here i'm looking at the track list um saints los angeles is a really cool song it was the only single off of it face down to dirt was good motherfucker the year is good the animal in me is good and just another psycho are good uh the rest can totally go away but you know that's not bad out of 13 well okay for motley crew out of 13 songs that's not bad Saints of Los Angeles, I would say, is the closest they have to Chinese democracy. Oddly enough, it was released in the same year, wasn't it? Yeah. Now that I'm I looking at it, you... oh my god, it really was. Okay, so really, I think this is what it is, alright? Wonder... Saints of Los Angeles is getting like a half Chinese democracy? And maybe a third. Um, I wonder, I just wonder actually if there was something about 2008 for me that made these 80s hair metal bands like I latched on to their album from 2008 I'm gonna have to look and see if other hair metal bands released albums in 2007 or 2008 or around there Jeff do you like do you like Death Magnetic by Metallica I think it's better than their first four cause it's from 2008 oh my god see this is exactly what I mean 2008 must have been a good year for bands from the 80s yeah I wonder what anyone else was doing in 2008. I missed 2008. That was a better time. I don't know. In 2008, 
I mean, so we're looking, you know, like, the, Saints of Los Angeles released in June of 2008. I had just finished my first year in college. Um, actually, no, that was a pretty good time. That was a pretty good time. I'm just, you know, it, it also wasn't in the middle of a pandemic. It was in the middle of a pandemic, and it was a pretty good time. And it was not long before we became friends, I guess, wasn't it? Because no. I want to say we, like, met in fall of 2008, right? Yeah. Oh, 2008 was a good year, man. Check that out. It was a out. good year. God. Thanks, 2008. Thank you, 2008. So I'm literally now, I'm now just, like, looking up other, like, 80s rock bands and seeing if they release an album around 2008. First thing I found was Van Halen released A Different Kind of Truth in 2012. Not the same thing. Also not a good album. I mean, is that when Testament put out? Bon Jovi released The Circle in 2009. And Lost Highway in 2007. That's why Bon Jovi sucks, because he missed the magic that was 2008. 2008. He released an album the year before and the year after. You know what, Bon Jovi, this is why you this is why you suck. I'm sorry, you were saying something, and I cut you off with Bon Jovi. No, I was saying Tes- Testament put out their first album of like new material since the 90s in 2008. That's kind of cool. I don't, I'm sure I don't know it, but that's kind of cool. It has the 9-11 song on it. Okay. It's called it's called The Evil Has Landed. Are you serious? Yeah. Je- Jeff, no one has ever accused Testament of being great songwriters. Yeah, no, I'm aware. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> they're many they're great at many things. Lyrics are not always one. Sometimes, not always. Oh, okay. So this is totally not Sorry, I'm now literally just looking at a list of 2008 albums. Yeah. And um, so this is absolutely not anyone from hair metal, but uh, John Foreman, who's from the band Switchfoot, released yeah. an EP called Winter in 2008. And that EP is absolutely incredible. If you don't know it, you absolutely need to. Okay. Um, be prepared for Sad Album, though, because it's, oh, it's, fantastic. It's, it's tough. It has a couple pretty tough songs. Okay, but you can't tell... That I'm listening to J.O. and Foreskin. Yeah, that's true. We cannot... Yeah, you're true. But, like... Okay. Yeah. This, especially, there's a song called Somebody's Baby. It's 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 a rough one. I'm gonna be real with you. Oh, shit. Okay. But, man, that is out, such a good know, album. You know I love a sad guy. Does he have an acoustic guitar? Because I love it's, it when they have an It's acoustic an acoustic guitar. album. It's phenomenal. Oh! Well, anyways, podcast over. I gotta go listen to that. Okay, sounds good. Are we done? Uh, I think we are. All right, I think we are. We can talk about albums of 2008 some other time.